This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's political and everything beyond on Beyond Politics. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday. That means Stein coming in here in just about a half an hour to reek up the place. Uh, Twins not playing today, thank God, because I like having producers that actually are paying attention to the show. Uh, The game starts at 6 this afternoon. The Texas Rangers getting that sweep last night, or I think we would have had the 1 o'clock game, which that would have been fun, yeah. yeah, Entering the critical innings just as the show starts. Yeah, and and it's really not been the best shows. I mean, we we have to talk about the the fact that, you know, I can't wait. I mean, hopefully if we get to the... um, to the, uh, the American League Championship Series, which is kind of a far reach at this point. But if we do get there, uh, hopefully we won't mostly night games because these shows just are, what, who, mother? Somehow Fox will give them like an 11 a.m. first yes. pitch for game one <laughs> when there's no other games that day. Well, I mean, okay, if L.A. and the Braves face off, they're going to, that, that'll be a, that'll be a, the primetime game everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so 952-946-6205. We have some big old news. I mean, we are it's, – it's newsy news, news pants here. Uh, in case you haven't – did not know, uh, there is a show on in the mornings we like to call Stephanie Miller. Uh, it is on from 8 until 11. We love having her on. She is basically – is she the only show that's been on longer than I have at this station at this point? I think she is. <laughs> she, I mean, Hartman, do we hear? Yeah, I was thinking Tom, maybe. No, but Tom, was, remember, we used to have Ed in that spot. Yep. I mean, so he, maybe he was broadcast He was broadcast later in the day, wasn't he? Ah, so Tom did beat me, too. Not the same time slot. No, not. not well, how many time slots have I been on this station? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Uh, no. <laughs> Don't give anybody no idea. Careful, it'll be the plug uh, show. <laughs> it, it will. I, I wouldn't mind. You know, we'll 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 just we'll play some music. I'll I'll sit around. We'll 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 talk gummies. You know, good fun. No, uh, but Steph has been on the air. Tom Hartman's been on the air. Stephanie Miller, of course, has done the uh, sexy liberal comedy tour. She's been to Minneapolis multiple times. Uh, they have not done a tour. I don't believe they've did a tour this year, but they're going to do one show. And this is going to be pay-per-view, and they're going to be doing this. If you're not paid attention, this is coming up uh, October 21st, so a week from this Saturday, and it's going to be on demand uh, all the way through November 30th. So you basically you can basically go out and see it, and you've got Frangela, you've got Hal Sparks, you've got you know my man crush, John Fugel, saying who might be on the air with us next Thursday. I don't want to promise anything. Uh. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> and of course, Stephanie Miller plus special guests. Good fun there. Uh, so it is pay per view, all right. And and so here is the deal. We want to let you know 
We have got pay-per-view passes to give away starting tomorrow. Now, we will give them on away during the show. You know, so you're going to have to listen to this. Two hours. Two hours. I own you. So you're going to have to listen to this, and you'll have a chance to to win there. <laughs> I sound so fatalist. Uh, you'll, you'll have a chance to win there, okay? All right? But we're also doing this fun thing. We have what's called social media. I know. Radio station. Now, this is the radio station's social media accounts, AM950 Radio, on Twitter, on the Facebook, and on the Instagram. Who are we posting pictures of on Instagram? Oh, I don't know, that mystery guy that I can't identify, that producer that occasionally fills in on the show. No, there's no, no a, 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 We look like, you know, the, you know, Circus of Freaks here. I mean, wait, wait, what pictures are we putting up there? You're not. Are you putting pictures of me up there? It's Instagram. Am I am I am, am I getting followers? Am I getting likes? Am I getting what is it? I don't know. I don't know what none of these words make any sense to me. It's just something that's going on. It's for the pretty people. I'm not a pretty person. I've, have you looked at me? No, no. Anyway, we do have that. Uh, so bon appetit. You can go visit those at your leisure. We do actually put good content up there on all of the sites, not only for this this show, but all the shows. Uh, updates on, on, on events we're going to be doing, um, you know, information, sometimes news. We have a lot of stuff that we put up on these social media sites. And so if you're not following them, AM 950 Radio on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, you should be following them. All right. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Starting tomorrow, uh, what time do you – any idea what time this is going to get posted up on uh, – I would guess uh, probably around 8 or 9 a.m. Sometime or 9 in that frame. Sometime tomorrow, and we're going to be doing this for a while, okay? So tomorrow, tomorrow in the morning on the social media sites, on the Twitter, on the Facebook, and on, on the Instagram, we will make a post, and this is going to be talking about the Stephanie Miller tour coming through, or the, the pay-per-view event, right? That's what the post is going to be about, right? Yep, we're going to be specifically mentioning this is the post you need to comment on. And that's what you're going to have to do. I am going to give you the phrase you need to comment on those posts, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. But here is the phrase that you need. It's tomorrow. This is tomorrow. And you have between 8 a.m., 9 a.m. tomorrow and 2 p.m. 2 p.m. is the cutoff every day, okay? Go to the social media sites and just post on there under an account we can track you with, by the way. I love Steph. Now, this is today's code, okay? I love Steph is today's code. We will be changing it every day. You got to listen for this show to find out what the code is that you need to put on the social media posts tomorrow. You have until 2 p.m. tomorrow. You get it on there. We count all the people that have entered in. Guess what? We'll randomly pick one, and that person will get themselves a pay-per-view uh, pass as well. So lots of ways you can do it. You can listen to the show. Starting tomorrow, we'll be giving away a pay-per-view pass in the show itself. And you just during the day, you have to go to the social media sites, the AM950 radio, the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. Find the right post. Type in, I love stuff. And you could be the winner of a pass for the pay-per-view as well. And once again, that pay-per-view, the Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour with special guests. That's going to be October 21st. Uh, the, the Of course, uh, Stephanie, Hal Sparks, Fugel Sang, Frangela, other people as well. 
that's going to be good fun. So a week from Saturday, you can get that. And then, of course, once again, on demand through uh, November 30th. So good stuff there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I love Steph. I love Steph. That's what you, it's three words. I love Steph. That's what you need to put into the social media post tomorrow. And you need to put those words. It can't be, I like Steph. It's got to be, I, I love Steph. Now, we will give you, keep listening, all the information coming your way right here on AM 950. Now, holidasm. I, <coughs> I went back and I looked at my social, uh, my, my camera roll. And 2012, 2012, I had a three-year-old daughter. Uh, then it would be a six-year-old daughter, or yeah, or seven-year-old daughter, and then a ten-year-old son. We went out to the Holodazzle, as it used to be. Now, did you ever go to the Holodazzle out there when it was parading? Say that again. Holodazzle. Did oh you yeah, yeah. I've been out there a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and you, uh, you went there when it was the light up parade down Nicholas. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Not, the time I was going out there. Now yeah. you, you've gone to this other one. The, the have you gone to the new one? That's or no, the one no, that I've they have over Lauren Park. No, I went there once. I'll come back to that in here in a second. It was the last time I went. I was looking at the pictures. I went with my mom and my dad. My dad was still around at that point, and. I can't tell you how much fun we had. Now, if you never saw it, if you never went to it, I'm going to explain a few things here that you probably go past you. But if you ever went to it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The dancing Christmas lights, the guys walking to the street with the stars, the spinning snowmen, all the light-up floats, the marching band with the lights. It was great fun. It was just great fun. March down Nicollet Mall. I think it started at 12th maybe did it start at 12 i I can't remember what i thought it went north i thought it went up towards the river i'm I'm not mistaken uh and it went up that yeah it it did i know it did and so it went up just a few blocks it was packed downtown you had to have police at every intersection because there are so much so many people just trying to watch the parade it was packed the night we went was cold. As a matter of fact, we went out and got hot chocolate at a a local place in the downtown with my kids that evening with my parents. We had a blast. The kids had such a good time. I remember I remember my my little girls sitting there with a warm cup of hot chocolate talking to grandma and grandpa. It was a good time. It was packed. It was packed to the gills. At some point, somebody and I'm going to just I got, I'm going to add some personal things here, and I'm going to I'll make sure I'm not sure exactly the details. But someone decided, well, you know what we need to do? We need millennials and Gen Xers, Gen Zers rather than not Gen Xers. They could care less about Gen Xers, Gen Zers and millennials. Yeah, we need to get them making some Instagram moments. That's what we need. Now, mind you. There was nothing more spectacularly photogenic than watching that parade coming down in the heart of the downtown with all the big buildings around us, everyone cheering and having a good time. It was a blast. But somebody decided to freaking think too much 
and say to themselves, as opposed to have an event that appeals to basically everybody, let's make sure we get an event because we want to sacrifice this major event so that we have three or four years of Gen Z saying, woo, that's what we want, man. You, you, you. I don't know if that's actually how the meeting went. I can only speculate. But I've been around this crap a while. I mean, there is just there is this stupid mentality that comes about. And I'm going to be blunt. I, it, I think this is stupid mentality that comes about that that we have to change things up, keeping it fresh. We got to keep it fresh. And you end up destroying something that was spectacular. I understand. Macy's was closing downtown. The eighth floor, which if you did you, Patrick, Patrick, Brett, did you ever go to the holiday show up on the eighth floor at Macy's? Yeah, I did as a kid. I haven't been there in quite some time. It was great. It hadn't changed at all. Singing Christmas tree is great fun. It was awesome. Awesome. And I understand Macy's decided to shut down the store. But that was just something. It was so photogenic. It was so relatable. It was enjoyable. Everyone liked it. And it's gone. You've got to grasp and hold these things because they are fantastic. And I get it. Some guy thought to himself, we are open a beer garden because I want a beer garden and me and my friends want a beer garden. We don't want to pray. And, and, and the thing which blows my mind, there's a few things about this, and I'm going to talk at length about one after the break, but what is that, that people around him are like, okay, wait a second here. No, 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 no. We, you want to and, – and okay, I've been to the new version of Holodazzle. It felt more like it was basically just a, a beer garden kind of mentality, which, you know, it wasn't really kid-friendly. I mean it was some pretty lights and stuff, but it wasn't really kid-friendly. It didn't have, I mean, you walked, I mean, it was relatively small. You walk from one side to the other side. You, I mean, it's kind of like Rice Park over uh, at the Winter Carnival. You know, it's like, you know, don't don't pay the full two-hour park in there. You, know, you can get done with this sucker in about 30 minutes. And I'm not saying you don't go and do it. I'm just saying it's small. It's not big. It's not like you're at the fairgrounds and hiking around. It's designed for yo, 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 you know, that sort of thing. You know, I got to get some social media posts. Woo! Because someone thought to themselves, as opposed to a picture of kids having a great time in front of a light-up float with the Wizard of Oz on it, and the downtown area, the skyline behind it, they thought, you know, some picnic benches with beers. That's that's really what you know, everyone's going to want to be there. You guys are kind of screwed up because you took one of the greatest things that used to exist and basically have turned it into a nondescript, boring kind of event, which, by the way, just has been canceled for this year. You had 20 people deep, deep, all along Nicollet Mall, all along Nicollet Mall, from the from the south side to the north side, 20 people deep. It was five deep in the skyways looking down on the parade. The downtown was packed at nights through the holidays. And some brain trust decided, you know what we don't need anymore? All that. Hey, let's go get a beer garden for kiddos. 
there is, I, like I said, I don't know all the details about this, and it's, and I'm probably, you know, being very, probably not being very fair, and also being very mean to a point. But God, man, you guys can't, you guys can't screw this up. And there's something that happened with both the Macy's eighth floor and with Holodazzle that make me just kind of wonder what really was going on. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. So, okay, fine. Someone decides we're, we're going to take one of the great iconic events of Minneapolis, an, an event that shows the world that we're not afraid of cold. We go out and we have some fun in it. And instead, we're going to turn it into a beer garden, man. Woo! Bring your cameras, man. Look, I'm having a beer. Freaking losers. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But it's true. Because someone decided to think too hard. And that person right now is probably cursing me out because me and my friends love going there. Yeah, that's the problem. You thought about you and your friends. You didn't think about the city. And that's the problem. That's my guess. I don't know what really happened. But there is one thing that's happened with both the Holodazzle and with the eighth floor of the Macy's that just tell me that part of this do you remember the movie Hoosiers you remember that oh, movie yeah. okay remember that there's a scene in there where they have the vote to uh, they have a vote to replace the coach right sorry go it's only since 1984 go watch that yeah, no spoilers please yeah, okay fine anyway there's a vote to do this and there's this one being led by this one guy who doesn't like the coach and the kid comes in and says, I'll play for the team. And the guy says, I told you once we got rid of him, we, we, you know, basically he'd come play. And he said, no, I, but here's the only rule I have is that I play for that coach or I don't play at all. And the guy that was trying to get rid of the coach basically says, but, but we just voted him out. And he doesn't want people to revisit the decision to get rid of the coach because he finally got his goal of doing this. He, 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 he finally succeeded. I'm going to get rid of my great white whale, which happens to be Gene Hackman as the coach in Hoosiers. So they decide not to do the Holodazzle Parade. They decide not to do the eighth floor at Macy's. What do they do? Do they put that stuff in storage saying, hey, maybe we should revisit this at some point? Nope. They basically sell it all off. They sell it all off. They get rid of it all. That's what, that's what at least I've understood is that most of that stuff ended up being thrown out or sold. I mean, and, and I know most of the eighth floor of the Macy's. And I, that, the Macy's is very inexcusable. And I bring that up even though that, that's not part of the holodazzle. But that's in, inexcusable because at some point you could have thought to yourself, gosh, let's just give this to the Mall of America or just take it over to the Mall of America Macy's and they could set it up over there and you would have a – automatic, massive draw every stinking year at the Mall of America to your Macy's store. But no, heaven forbid you actually think ahead. And it almost seems like the decision to get rid of it is like, well, let's sell everything really quick so we can't revisit this. And that's kind of what it feels like with Holodazzle. Let's sell everything. Let's get rid of everything really quick so then we can't go back. So, well, you know, you might want us, which, by the way, just tells me the people behind these decisions knew they were bad decisions in the first place. 
You don't go burn the bridges behind you because you say to yourself, I want to go apart, maybe go strolling back. No, you basically do it so that people are stuck. Either it's my way or the highway. Either you fire Gene Hackman or that's it. And, and, and that's kind of what happened here. All that stuff is gone. And sure, I've heard from some people saying, well, Matt, you don't understand. Some of that stuff was in bad shape. Fine. Hire some seamstresses or get some volunteers. Dear God, I don't think you'd have too much problem finding them. And fix the stuff back up again. Once this stuff goes away, it generally doesn't come back. But if I may make a plea to the holodazzle people, outside of a few people, no one cares about a beer garden by Loring Park. I want to repeat that. And I understand that that might be hard to hear. But it, it wasn't it, – it was not becoming a premier event. It wasn't becoming things – I mean, for goodness sakes, I can think of like three or four things. I mean, the lights over at the Arboretum, that ice palace thing that they did out in Stillwater. Um, you know, there was various things they did in a lot of different places that, you know, that, that were were pretty good. Holiday lights. I mean, my gosh, how many holiday light celebrations? They did the holiday light celebration over the state fairgrounds that one year. It was great fun. By the way, that's where I found there's some guy out there had bought a few of those things from the eighth floor at Macy's. That's where, you know, and of course, yeah, just, uh, you know, hollow shell. It wasn't, it wasn't the winner suggestion. And unfortunately, someone made a decision to get rid of all the stuff so that we can't revisit it. That's on you guys. It was a bad idea to stop Holodazzle. I'm sorry. It was. It was a bad idea. And when I'm talking about Holodazzle, I'm talking about the parade. It was a bad idea to stop the parade. It was a bad idea to 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 think to yourself, you're gonna, you know, a beer garden with a slide is somehow it's gonna it's gonna bring in all the millennials and Gen Zers. Everyone's gonna be here. No one cares. <laughs> I mean, you live in a city of Minneapolis. How many good beer gardens are there? I mean, it's 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 not Thief River Falls where you know, hey, we got a beer garden that's coming in for a temporary basis. You got parking nightmares. You got, you know, I think you actually have to pay to get into the beer garden too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm not saying you don't have to pay for beer, of course, obviously, but swing and a miss, swing and a miss. I get it. In 20 years, some brain trust is going to go down to the Minnesota Zoo and say, no one wants the pumpkin walk anymore. We need a beer garden. That will bring in all the generations. What's the next generation after Z? Do we know it? The zygotes. The zygotes will all be here. They're going to love it so much. I hope I didn't just culturally claim the next generation of the zygotes. Uh, You're welcome, world. But that's what I mean. I, I hope no one goes to the conservatory some point and say, you know, we need to rip out all these flowers. And you know what we need is a beer garden. <laughs> we need to get rid of the Mall of America. You know what we should put in there? A beer garden because that will bring in all the generations of millennials. Yo, yo. Beer gardens everywhere. That's what brings in the younger crowd. <laughs> You got to stop being stupid.
and I hate saying it because I know there's some executive right now who's probably fuming at me. You got stupid, man. And sure, I'm glad you and your buddies are enjoying it at the detriment of the rest of the Metro. You want to do Holodazzle again? Find it, Go buy back all that stuff and, and put it on downtown because I can tell you right now, downtown will appreciate the crowds. I'll go back down there with the kids. We'll have a great time. I'll go down at that point probably with my grandkids. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but I guess I'd look forward to it because you know what? I don't, I'm not afraid of going out in the cold, and I just don't need a freaking beer garden and some guy doing cover songs to act like I'm feeling like I'm in a youthful hip city, dude. You're trying too hard. How about I say it like that? That's the whole thing. We'll just submit it. You're trying too hard. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Hey, speaking of trying too hard, Jeff Stein up next. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Improvise a story we had. Do adore me. Why do you ignore me? Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. J E F F Jeff. J E F F Jeff. J E F F Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. Jeff Stein is our national presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books. As well as TotallyIowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report. Come to us from his flagship, KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I am well, but I heard a bit of the screed yes. or rant or whatever. Now, you need to come clean with people as to why you are anti-beer garden. Because I know for a fact that when you lived in Iowa, you misunderstood and you thought if you took a six-pack of empty bottles of beer and planted them in the ground and watered them, they would then sprout new full bottles of beer. Uh, and when that didn't crops happen, coming in. <laughs> you know, I mean, you were waiting for harvest, I don't know how long, and it was it was sad. Well, and, okay, uh, let me ask you this. Did you ever go to the Minneapolis Holodazzle when it was the light parade downtown? No. Oh, it was only spe- Well, I, I don't live in, in the Twin Cities. I, I used to visit occasionally, but not, uh, no. So, no, I, I have not. Well, and it's just, that's the problem, is that you have these iconic events. And you have them in your town. There's ones in Des Moines. Sure. There's ones, they're sure. these great iconic events. And once they go away, they go away, especially if they sell off all the uniforms and all the floats and all that stuff. And that's all gone. And, and and that's gone. And the reality is, is that you can put as many beer gardens as you want around. That's never going to capture the, 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 the amazing environment that was the Holodazzle Parade when it was just down on Nicollet Mall every night through, the, through December. It was just spectacular. Well, what was the point of changing things? Like I said, I think some guys said, well, you know, we got to keep it young and fresh. And that was the kind of thing. I think that that was kind of the mentality. Plus, the fact that, I mean, when it got really cold, people would complain. But, you know, it's like still they'd end up with a ton of people downtown no matter what. Well, okay. You're in Minnesota. Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Last I checked. <laughs> so, therefore, it gets cold in the winter. And people live there knowing that. I Again, there are so many of these things where, and, and to your point, which which I I see the same thing here. It's like. Here we have things that aren't broken, and then people try to fix them. Yep. And yep. there's there's a reason certain things move along just fine without any improvement. And you want to go have a different event, go have a different event. 
you know, that that's fine. Um, I know, though, that, again, you're still you were still waiting for the hams to come up out of the ground. And uh, then you realized that Iowa was zone seven and it wasn't conducive to growing hams. And instead it was Olympia and uh, grain belt, man, uh, grain belt, man. What are you talking about? Grain belt. A little bit of Stroh's light, and and it Stroh's just wasn't. Light. Jeez, you know, it's not like why don't you say special export light, dear Lord? <laughs> that really was water, wasn't it? it? Was, if you get right down to it, it was it was just water, water. from Toledo. Oh God, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean it's it's you know from the land of sky blue water, indeed. All right, you and I could you and I could just blow an entire show talking about this. I could go through the twins lineup with you in a heartbeat. But I, actually, I want to start well, off with there's a game tonight. Am I to understand there's a game tonight uh, not you know this town's on death watch after last after <laughs> yesterday so you know i don't want to I'll, I'll just let it happen and hopefully things are good and we're going back to houston for a game um <laughs> and I, then just won't come home if you don't bring home hardware right yeah exactly do you uh, still do home yankees oh yeah of course they do that's that's kind of you know the, there's no dome anymore. Everybody understands that. Homer hankies, there's no dome. Well, it's a larger hanky. They can wrap themselves. It's more of a wrap. <laughs> Homer wraps. <laughs> um, I love yes. a good Nathaniel Hawthorne smackdown like the next guy. Uh, but sure. I, I got to – let's start with – I'm just going to start with the stupidity of this. Nancy Mace is running around the Capitol with a scarlet letter A on. Now – I could put a letter F or a letter A on a shirt and run around the Capitol. And it's going, most people are going to say, oh, well, thanks for letting us know. But <laughs> the reality is, if you didn't read the book, the scarlet letter A was an, a, a condemnation for adultery. And here's Nancy Mace running around the Capitol, who clearly hasn't read the book, acting like, you know, I guess that, I mean, first of all, I, I look at it as like, sure, A. Good, good letter choice there. You know, just you deserve everything you're about to get. But at the same time, it's like even if we go with your intended meaning, do you understand that that was for adultery, which apparently you didn't? And yeah, I don't know what's but, up with Nancy Mace, but she's gotten stupid. Well, if the A fits, yeah. Hell, I mean, did she pull a Bobert? I mean, who doesn't love Beetlejuice? Well, did she pull a Bobert? Well, I think. That was the pulling. I don't uh, think the Bobert was pulled. <laughs> clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. No, uh, oh, no. no. <laughs> but as I recall, wasn't it Nancy Mace? Yes. Who was late to an appearance speaking at like the national prayer breakfast or whatever, and she dismissed being late because her fiance pulled her back. I mean, she sang this at the podium. Pulled her back into bed that morning, and she said, "No, hon, I gotta go, and you know, I gotta get the kids up." Like, wait, wait, so many things wrong at so many levels, and so if she's wandering around with an A, perhaps there's been a declaration or an adjudication that we're just not aware of, and and I want to keep an open mind. Um, it, she was, she's an interesting character. She was, she is from the most liberal part of South Carolina, a part I'm familiar with, South Carolina one. Which is actually, yeah. it is actually, I think, actually maybe favors a D, it's like a D1 district. It is, the thing which is remarkable about this is that she has kind of almost in a month gone from this, I'm really a moderate, I really, I don't agree with this extremism to because she voted against Kevin McCarthy, she now can't kind of get away from her own vote. And it, it really is interesting to see her you know, the, who supposedly was the moderate of the Republican Party, and now she's kind of lost. I, she doesn't seem to have any trajectory whatsoever. 
Well, she voted with all the Democrats, so that makes her more of a moderate, doesn't it? Well, that probably that, won't work no, in no, her district. Really, no. But, you know, I heard her try to explain this all away. At the same time, she was explaining away why she was fundraising off of the vote when she had just torched Matt Gates for the same thing nine months ago. But it's very different now. Oh, okay. Well, what she basically said, Kevin McCarthy lied to my face multiple times. And he needed to go. Okay. So that makes it not a public policy decision. It makes it not a moderate versus conservative decision. It makes it a, I was wronged and I'm extolling a personal, the, the, the result of a personal grudge. That's what it came down to. She said, I'd, I'd been lied to to my face too many times. Okay. But. What about what your constituents would have wanted? What about, oh, I don't know, passing a budget? Mm. You know, God forbid. So, yeah, she's got herself out on an island. And if she wants to, you know, I frankly, she might have done better with the uh, L as opposed to the A, Laverne and Shirley like. I mean, that might have gotten her a little more uh, a little more straight cred, but I, I don't know what she's going for. Uh, I'm going to get back to something else she did, which uh, is kind of after the fact we talk about what's up next. Steve Scalise has come forward now uh, in a closed-door meeting. He was basically picked to be the sacrificial lamb they put up there for the next uh, speaker vote. Whether or not he's going to get the number of votes he needs to become the speaker remains to be seen. But this is a bit of a surprise because Jim Jordan um, – was basically kind of picked by Trump, picked by a lot of the far right. I mean, he is more conservative, uh, more to the right than than Scalise is, but not by much. Um, so it is kind of interesting that out of that meeting, they ended up rejecting Jordan and going with Scalise. And it was almost virtually evenly split. And let's see, I believe it was 113 for Scalise and 99 for Jordan. That is pretty well split. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, so, yes, he got the majority of Republicans in the room. But 99 Republicans did not vote for Scalise in that closed-door, closed-ballot session. How many of them would vote for him if it goes to the floor? And the answer is not enough, because otherwise, Matt, wouldn't they have gotten out of the caucus he would have uh, said nice things to the camera and they would have moved immediately to the chamber and done the vote because that was the plan. Members, to my understanding, members on both sides were told, be ready for a floor vote. Well, they didn't get the unanimity of the caucus that they needed. And so there's no vote, right? Well, well that tells me an awful lot. Is the vote, the vote, uh, they, I thought was, they were going to try to do one this afternoon. Has that been postponed, do you know? I am. I don't see a time that was set. Yeah. Now I may have missed on that, but but the point is, you know, that's the thing to now watch, right? Because do they really want to have another multi-round vote? Oh my goodness! I mean, what kind of a train wreck would that be? Here's the other thing that was just hideous about all this. So they gathered in some sort of, you know, student council debate last night or whatever it was. And both, uh, this is all just leaked information, um, but apparently both of them said, well, you know, we're going to need another continuing resolution. There's just not time to get things done by November 17th. It's like, 
What are you gaining, any of you, out of this? When the best they can do is either McCarthy light, and I have respect for Scalise, and and I know, uh, you know, surviving the shooting, his cancer trouble now. Jordan, you know, again, has his constituency. But the best they can start with is, yep, I'm going to get to be speaker, and the first thing we're going to do is kick the can down the road to Christmas. Yikes. Mm -hmm. I want to bring up Jim Jordan for a sec because there has been a long-standing accusations against him that Mm -hmm. when he was a coach over at the University of Ohio State that um, he basically – he wasn't guilty of abusing students, but he turned a blind eye to where some of the student-athletes that were under his watch were indeed abused and that this was something that a lot of these wrestlers have actually said that he knew about. The there has been there hasn't really been an investigation. There has basically been closed doors investigation saying we're not going to do a, an, an open and shut investigation. But the reality is, is that there's always been this and there already are some athletes coming out and saying, no, he should not be Speaker of the House for this. It's my theory that, you know, Jim Jordan has been able to successfully not have to address these allegations. But if he becomes Speaker not only will these uh, accusations become the main talking point, but you're almost asking for the, re- the the Democrats of the Senate to open up an investigation, which, you know, once again, the last thing I think the Republicans need in the House is, oh, here are some allegations that end up being proven true that Jim Jordan was aware of sexual abuse of athletes at the University of Ohio State University, and he didn't say anything about it. When he was named Judiciary Committee chair, we did not hear much about this again. In other words, you're right. These stories have been out there for a very long time. When the uh, Michigan State stuff all came out, this circled back around. At the time that he was named head of the Judiciary Committee, you did not hear this come up again. But when it was Speaker, what did you hear in the last week? Yeah. Remember the Ohio State issue. So you're right. That would be something. Now, I have an update here. The House gaveled in briefly at 2 o'clock. And that was after the caucus vote. They prayed. They uh, did the Pledge of Allegiance. And then Patrick McHenry immediately called a recess. <laughs> okay. So. Never mind. <laughs> Clang. <laughs> I just like banging the gavel, you know. Watch Since my bow ties. The twins don't, do, twins don't start till six. So, okay, fine. We'll just do this. <laughs> I got time. Yeah. Um, but now I see in a story that Jordan <laughs> is urging his colleagues to vote for Scalise. Yes. Now that's the move of unity. That's the move of, you know, whatever. The, the, but here's the hook, and it goes back to my other point. He doesn't have enough votes to win on the first ballot, or they wouldn't have adjourned. So even yep. with Jordan saying, thanks to you 98 others who voted for me, but Y'all need to vote for Steve. Steve's our man. You know, the raging Cajun. It's all him. Yeah. It's They haven't. I mean, maybe Emmer can't count to 217. I don't know that's what the issue is. strong suspicion there, actually. I think that's a, 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 a – stu- this is why we bring you on the air. That's you – know, 
Tom Emmer can't count. There you go. We need- <laughs> I, I believe I've now slandered two members of the uh, Republican House delegation. So uh, well, they're doing know, a fine job on their own. I don't think you're more adding parsley to the plate at this point. So uh, it's just, it's truth is a defense is what you're saying. That's, that's what management is going to use at it, AM 950. It's gravy on the defense. entree. That's all you're doing right now, man, is gravy on the entree. Uh, so, so, OK, I mean, by the way, I want to bring this back to Nancy Mace before we get to the break yeah. here. One of the things that she said, I voted against Kevin McCarthy because he wasn't supporting, uh, you know, legislation to to address sexual abuse and 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 stuff like that. And then she threw her support behind Jim Jordan, who has this huge umbrella over him, which he has once again been shielded of, but he will not be able to be shielded from if he's a speaker. And when confronted about that, it's like, like where, where is this hypocrisy? Mace basically said, oh, I don't know anything about this, which once again, this is the issue that you basically use to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. And here you are now acting as if, I, what do you mean Jim Jordan had this allegation? I have no idea. I mean, it, and she said that basically, I think, on two consecutive news stories, which lead me to believe that, okay, nice job in between the two doing your research. But, um, yeah, it's it, – it's Wouldn't a, you look to the aide next to you and say, hey, get out your phone. Google uh, Jordan and sexual uh, allegations. Okay, go. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and well, and the, the reality is, is that it's, this is that it kind of symbolizes the problem with Jim Jordan, you know. I, and I think Jordan's doing the right thing, getting out of the way. Although, once again, I don't know if Scalise is necessarily a better choice, but at the same time, it's you know, this that is a very ugly weight hanging over the head of Jim Jordan, and you do not want the Democrats trying to cut that line. Well, and and again. I don't know enough about the specifics other than to know there have been allegations. You would like to think if you're him and there's nothing to this, that you would yourself present information, uh, ask for an investigation, et cetera, because to your point, that is a you know an 800-pound cloud mm-hmm. over the, the head of anything that he wants to do. And by the way, it is multiple athletes making fairly stark allegations. I think you just touched on the reason why he hasn't asked for that, because I think that that would be I don't think he would come out looking too good at the end of this. Let's take a break and come on back. Uh, we'll talk about what what what's next for the United States with Israel as well as possibly with Ukraine as well. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM 950. You know the day destroys the night, night divides the day. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit. Jeff, obviously uh, a lot being talked about with the uh, surprise attack by Hamas into Israel. Um, I I, I was at an event earlier today, and uh, one of the, the women there made the point. She goes, you know, we can all say... You know that there's, you know, there, 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 you know, there are problems in the world and things that need to be addressed. And you can, you know, no one, no country is perfect, no place is perfect. But people that are trying to make an argument that Hamas is somehow justified, that is just way off base. They slaughtered 260 at a music festival. They were going door to door, killing grandma, grandmothers and kids. It is truly an atrocious attack that needs to definitely be addressed. Uh, this was, you know, just disturbing on a lot of levels. Your thoughts on this, and also just your thoughts, you you pay attention to a lot of this stuff. Do, do you feel as if Hamas must have had some inside information on how they could have hit Israel so bad? They had to have, yeah, right? I, so. I mean, they just had to have because – and this is, I think, what's most shattering for a lot of people, Matt, is that 
Israel had prided itself with justification of having this tremendous intelligence network. Well, how in the world did that all fall apart? How could there be training without people knowing? And it's not just Israel. How about us? Yes. And so if, you know, because the theory is if they'd have seen it, they'd have done something and looped us in. If we'd have seen it, okay. I saw something and I didn't follow up with it that Egypt may have tipped them off. You know, Egypt, Egypt apparently is insisting that earlier this year that they hadn't told Israel, said, we don't know what's going on, but we're starting to get hints that something is up. And okay. Israel, because Israel is not having anything show up on their intelligence reports, kind of dismissed it. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing that makes everyone so unsettled right now is if they could get inside the country as deeply as they did and nobody knew it then how do you have any any confidence when that government says to its people, no, we have this covered? When our government says to us, don't worry, everything's fine. I mean, you, this was a big, big thing to miss. Mm-hmm. And the brutality of it, I mean, people want to look away, and I fully appreciate that. But, you know, it's really hard to understand the the depth of the commitment on the part of the terrorists until you see what they've done and what they're willing to, I mean, they're willing to die for the cause. And so many of us aren't willing to die for our causes. Therefore, it's hard for us to understand it. But that's where they get an advantage. If we don't take it seriously, if we don't understand it to the depth that it exists, oh gosh, this 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 will be nothing. This will be just the 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 very basics, I've, the very beginning. I've read some intelligence reports that basically come to the, one, the same conclusion. Iranian intelligence is not smart enough to have picked this up, that this more than likely came from another unknown source. The two countries that keep I keep seeing get mentioned on international circles are Saudi Arabia and Russia, that one of them might have tipped off the Iranians, uh, which then get tipped off Hamas. Needless to say, considering it's, your points are incredibly valid because this – level of attack this isn't just luck they 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 knew how to kind of completely get around the iron dome they they basically were able to you know, like major incursions into the country un with, with with very little they knew everything where everything was this 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 came from somewhere where they had some pretty extreme intelligence about what was going on in israel at first we were hearing okay hamas iran whomever maybe hezbollah now from the north as well they were all acting to screw up the Saudi-Israeli peace deal. That's what we heard in the immediate aftermath, right? Mm -hmm. What if the Saudis are in on it to some degree? Wouldn't be the first time. uh, Well, and that's what I'm saying. Factions of that government. We keep wanting to forget 9-11, but factions of that government uh, that are harbored within that country, maybe there's some inside job stuff going on in all of these areas, and that's the truly tragic thing because, again, you know, and I I don't mean to be disgusting about this, but you extend your hand in peace to someone and they blow it off. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, You know, I mean, that's that's what takes this from such a hopeful time in one respect to this this absolutely barbaric uh, situation. And, again, there is no end in sight. 
There well, just isn't. And, and your point about Saudi Arabia is true, is that that is a very different type of government. And there are it, it would be like if the, the the Saudi version of the House was trying to attack the United States while the Saudi version of the Senate was trying to do a peace deal with them. Absolutely right. By the way, Nancy Mace just tweeted while we were on and said she doesn't know why there's not a vote. <laughs> she doesn't. I'm, I'm not kidding. It, it, she she simply says we were supposed to have a vote at 3 p.m. Okay. Um, that's well, she's not an A student. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Hour two up next. <laughs> Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Once again, Jeff, we re-air that interview on Sundays, I believe, in the afternoons, uh, evenings here, correct? Yep, that is correct. All right, you can listen to Jeff Stein on the weekend if you so desire. Please do. 952-946-6205, So I'm going to take, once again, a few minutes here to talk about, well, we got a new contest here that involves our good friend in the morning show, uh, Stephanie Miller, from 8 until 11, right here on AM 950. Been with us for a long time, and we love her show. Uh, of course, her Sexy Liberal Tour, they're doing one show this year. It's a pay-per-view. They're doing it out of L.A., and it is going to be a week from Saturday, October 21st. Uh, of course, Steph, her whole crew, uh, Frangela, Hal Sparks, and John Fugelsang, they're all going to be there as well as other special guests. It is available on pay-per-view. Now, here is the deal. We have got some pay-per-view passes to give away. That's right. And we're going to start doing it tomorrow. But we're kind of prefacing it because there's two ways you can win. Now, Listen to the show starting tomorrow, all right? During the show tomorrow, at some point, we'll have a certain number of caller call in. That caller will get a pay-per-view pass so they can enjoy Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour on October 21st on us, all right? So there's that. As well, uh, we are going to have something we're doing with the social media, all right? Our, our social media pages, our Twitter page, our Facebook page, and and our Instagram page, where tomorrow at 9, we are going to put up a post. And this it will be very identifiable what post it is. It will make sure you know this is the post that you have to put on the comment that will get you into the entry to possibly win. All right? The comment you have to write in there. So we'll put the post up there, and then in the comment section, either on Twitter, either on Facebook, either on Instagram, is I love Steph. You can say you can type out I love Steph. You can type out I heart Steph. It will work, but it's got to be one of those two, okay? And that will be starting at nine o'clock on the social media pages: Facebook, Twitter, Insta. You have until two o'clock tomorrow afternoon to get that in. We will randomly pick one person who entered in via that method. They will as well. We'll get them pay per view pass as well to go see the Stephanie Miller sexy liberal tour. And we will announce the winner tomorrow. All right? Simple, easy. Should be a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. Make sure you follow those accounts. Look for that post tomorrow, probably around 8 or 9 a.m. 8 or 9 a.m. Look for it once again. Uh, AM 9, and it's not my, it's not the Matt McNeil show page. It's the AM 950 radio page. So AM 950 on Twitter, AM 950 on Facebook, AM 950 on Facebook, or on, uh, on uh, Insta. All right? All right? There you go. 952-946-6205, I want to thank the South Metro DFL Senior Caucus for having me out today. Uh, I, I stopped at the Lakeville Pizza Ranch. Nope. No Kirk Cousins. And... <laughs> 
Someone politically stopping at a pizza ranch sounds like you're running for president. <laughs> no, I, I, we did have all, was it the 52B race, or three of the four DFL candidates for 52B, the special election. They were there. I was there, a lot of other people there, a lot of fun. I had a really good time. I want to say a big salute to all the people out there in the South Metro. And if I can, I think, and this is, if, if there's anything I can tell you right now is be very freaking careful of the raccoons, <laughs> okay? You, you'll, you'll understand here because this is, yeah, this is, okay, uh, it, it's a little scary to say the least. The raccoons in Burnsville are not acting normal. Down the South Metro, right next to Lakeville. They'd be going, they could be going over to that pizza ranch. I don't know. Burnsville residents have reported seeing more than a dozen st- staggering, slumped over, or overly tame raccoons since July, prompting the city's animal control to recommend residents call authorities if they see such an animal. All right, once again, we live in a society which tells you, hey, don't go near the 3,000-pound buffalo right before they go next to the thing and and get stomped. Actually, 3,000 is like 1,200 pounds. But needless to say, it's pretty freaking big. I won't go over there and try to hug it. It's not the buffalo from the Buffalo Wild Wing commercials, okay? Do not approach a raccoon. They are not clean creatures. I'll just put it that way. You don't know what they've been scrubbing in, but it went down your drains. Okay, how about I say it like that? People are advised to stay away from raccoons or any wildlife they encounter and to protect children and pets from approaching wildlife, a City of Burnsville news release said. Raccoons have also been reported to be having seizures at times, according to news releases. The locations of the 39 sightings have been spread throughout Burnsville for comparison the city saw 17 reports of raccoons behaving strangely in 2022. Dear Lord, you guys have no problems down there. <laughs> hey, I got another raccoon that seems to be uh, kind of acting a little weird. Yeah, he's acting a little odd. Two sick raccoons were recently taken to the University of Minnesota Veterinary Clinic. One of them tested positive for distemper and salmonellosis, salmonella food poisoning. Yum. Yum. Well, I mean, are you surprised? It's dumpster diving. Yeah. They could have good immune systems, though, for all they, uh, all that they dive through. How many pounds of rotting food in a dumpster do you have to, you know, before you put that to the system to the test? <laughs> Second animal's tests were uncertain, but it may have died from also salmonella poisoning. According to the National Institutes of Health, a raccoon may require a salmonella infection by eating infected wildlife, poultry, fish, or shellfish, conserving dirt, water, or plant material that is infected. So I'm going to guess poultry, fish, or shellfish. Is it eating clams? Is someone throwing clams out at, a, at a, like a seafood restaurant down there and the raccoon's getting into it? And the buffet's open. Woo! Don't ever eat it. By the way, when you cook your clams... It, or, you know, if it doesn't open, don't eat it. Don't try to force it open. Don't eat it. That you don't. That's. Yeah, I lived in Rhode Island for enough years. If you cook the clams, they should open up after you've cooked them. If it hasn't opened up, do not try to open it up and eat it. That could be the raccoon's problem right there. So the DNR has says that distemper is the most important disease causing raccoon mortality, but does not affect humans or properly immunized pets. 
is there really a shortage of raccoons? It's like saying there's a shortage of pigeons. <laughs> yeah, where did all the Canadian geese go? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we we don't have. I mean, I got like five in my neighborhood right now. I mean, you you live near Nine Mile Creek, right? Yeah. They're down in there all over the place, man. Yeah, I didn't think there was a shortage of those. So. Have you been have you, have you been giving the giving the raccoons of Burnsville salmonella? <laughs> we found our culprit. We found our culprit. 952-946-6205. Uh I got some national stories here that kind of just, yeah. I'll go with the hard one first cuz this is you can all we all see where this cab is going with its doors wide open. The Supreme Court could guarantee gun rights for an accused domestic abuser. Several Second Amendment defenders finally wrote in their court filings last week. Not could, should. That's what they said. They should guarantee gun rights for an accused domestic abuser. The Second Amendment movement had not to date voiced much public support for Zachary Rahimi's cause. But the amicus filings offer a window into gun groups thinking on the questions posed by the USA versus Zaki Rahimi, which uh, promises to define how the courts will interpret the right to bear arms in the coming years, and specifically whether laws banning domestic abusers from gun possessions are constitutional. I want to make sure we understand this. You have people who have a track record of violently attacking other people. A track record of it. Violently attacking other people. And the Supreme Court will probably either 5-4 one way or the other. Rule that, yep, you got to allow the people who's threatening someone to be able to you know, put a gun in their face. Or not if sanity reigns. The court will hear oral arguments in the case next month. I, I mean, it, like I said, it, this is this is one of those things where you read this story and you realize how badly things got screwed up when Donald Trump won in nineteen ninety or nineteen or excuse me nineteen twenty sixteen. The Supreme Court last three major decisions to expand gun rights all emerged out of civil court cases brought by law-abiding firearms owners and an advocacy group. Rahimi, on the other hand, features a potentially unsympathetic defendant accused of repeatedly shooting guns at people into houses, at cars, and into the air. I want to repeat that. Rahimi has multiple times shot guns at people, shot guns at houses, shot guns at cars, and into the air. He clearly cannot be trusted with a gun. And in addition to the alleged domestic violence against his former partner, with whom he has a young child, Rahimi faces felony prosecutions in Tarrant County, Texas, for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon against three separate people, recklessly discharging the firearm and possession of fentanyl. This is the poster per, poster child for why you do not allow everyone to have a gun in a society. A person who doesn't understand how dangerous they are, 
who is a rageaholic, who has multiple times fired rounds at people and houses, who has been domestically violent against his partner. He has three cases of aggravated assault. And the Supreme Court of the United States, because the NRA just has to take a few of those schmucks out to to a, to a, a vacation, exclusive vacation in Santorini or something like that. The Supreme Court could say, you know what? There's nothing you can do. You got they, You see, the onus is on them. The onus is on them. The onus is on you. Can't, you got to let them have the gun. If they if they shoot them, then you can arrest them. And sure, you might have a few dead people, but you know. That's the cost of freedom. Sure as hell's not their friends, not their family, not their kids. <sighs> Dear Lord. He public di- publicly discharged firearms at least six times, included repeatedly shooting at a separate young woman he lured into a parking lot, according to court filings and police records obtained by Huffington Post. After landing in prison to face his state criminal charges, he attacked a prison guard, according to incident reports. Those allegations are beside the point, says a filing submitted by nine gun rights groups. I want to make sure we understand this. There are people who are out there who say doesn't matter. That you could have someone who's committed 999 crimes, but you still got to give them the gun. But then when they commit the 1,000th crime, then, oh, then, yo, now that's a bad guy. Oh, he's a, oh, he shouldn't have done that. You, we gave you your gun. Dear Lord, what a screwed up society this is. The filing from these jackasses that think that this is a good idea. The government focuses on the alleged criminal activities of Mr. Rahimi with five pages of detailed facts conflating his alleged felonies with the entirely unrelated disarmament based on a civil order, the filing reads. So basically they're arguing is, hey, just, just because he tried to kill all these people doesn't mean you can't take away the gun from him. I mean, and this is this is their whole argument is that what they will do then is go to all his victims and say, what you really need is a gun. And that's the whole thing. You just figured it out. The whole thing here is not about taking the gun away from him, but creating an unwinnable situation where people who in a never in a million years would ever think about getting a gun have realized that the system has failed them and that basically unless they go get a gun, they have no chance at survival. Until, of course... You know, considering it's Texas, you know, a a domestic abuser, the person that's being abused domestically shoots him. And then they say, well, that wasn't stand your ground. And then they prosecute her. No matter matter how unsympathetic Rahami is, the gun owners should not be stripped of their Second Amendment rights without first convicting him of a crime with a higher standard of evidence, the group says. Rahami should only should not only lose his Second Amendment liberties, but he should also lose all of his liberties if the allegations against him are ultimately proven true with sufficient due process, said the NRA. But constitutional safeguards cannot be set aside to obtain those ends. It's not like there's one case. I want to make sure we understand this. It's not like there's one case where we're waiting to hear a trial and there seems to be conflicting evidence. Oh, no. This guy is a thousand pounds of trash, white trash, 
just absolutely, just a 1,000% horrible human being who multiple lured a woman into a parking lot and opened fire on her. Multiple times has attacked people with guns. Even attacked a, a, a guard in a prison. And here the NRA is saying, you know, he's still a good guy with a gun until, until we give him the gun back and then he breaks the law. Unbelievable. More on this one when I do come back. Nine, five, two. God, I mean, just you listen to this and it just makes you weep. You, you wonder why Generation Z has had it with us. It's crap like this. And although it's going to be a slow process, I guarantee you that these rulings, I mean, I, the Supreme Court has, I, I mean, I'm almost kind of wondering if they honestly feel as if they rule this way, that there aren't going to be consequences for them for the long run. That they somehow that you know when when after there's a thousand dead you know women who have been abused by their domestic abuser, a thousand of them dead because of this Supreme Court ruling, will they think is like well people think we're doing a great job? Unbelievable! They have completely forsaken the safety and security of the American people. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM nine fifty. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, I just looked. The guy is he seems to be white, Caucasian. But I knew he was Caucasian for this reason. Remember when, when Philando Castile, who was carrying a legally concealed weapon, was gunned down in his car? The NRA didn't say a damn thing. They didn't say. That was a gun owner killed solely because he was carrying a legal firearm. And the NRA didn't say a damn thing why he was black. That's why. Here they are, in this case, with 20-time loser. I've shot at other people multiple times. I'm a domestic abuser. I have broken the law many times and fentanyl. And this guy, well, he's just a misunderstood rapscallion who needs to have every gun possible. Both filings downplay the legitimacy of many protective orders with the nine, millim- nine group coalition saying the government desires the power to disarm through untold thousands of Americans subject to civil protective orders. Yep. Which are based all on the manner of mar- marital and relational discord. Seeing that high of a standard to disarm the alleged abuser would mark a sea change in U.S. law. So basically saying you can shoot someone in the face, but unless you basically are convicted of doing that, you should have a gun, and you can shoot another person. As long as the conviction has not happened, they basically say you can shoot anyone you want to. That's basically what the gun people are saying. They, they are saying people who have committed mass murders in schools, as long as they haven't been found guilty yet in a court of law, can, should legally be able to get more guns and shoot more people. That's what their whole argument is. People facing domestic abuse can access, this is their argument here, people facing domestic abuse can access two broad types of court orders to protect themselves, temporarily restraining orders that don't require a judge to sign off and longer-term protective orders issued by a court. And they say this acting as if those things actually do anything to stop a psychopath with a weapon. They act as if, see, see, there's a piece of paper you got there. 
These allegations are beside the point, says a filing submitted by the nine gun rights groups. The government focuses on the alleged criminal activities of Rahimi with five pages of detailed facts conflating his alleged felonies with his entirely unrelated uh, disarmament based on a civil order. No matter how unsympathetic Rahimi is, gun owners should not be stripped of their Second Amendment rights without first convicting them of a crime with the high standard of evidence, the group says. So once again, the, the NRA now says this, that you could go up and shoot a bunch of kids in a school. That if you are let out of jail and you are awaiting trial, that you should be allowed to be armed again up until you're convicted. That is their argument. That you can blast away eight-year-olds in an elementary school, and the first thing the NRA says is, well, you, you, know, you can't take the gun away from him. He's out on the streets. He's, he has the rights as a gun owner. He shot up another school. Well, until he gets convicted, we can't stop this carnage. Wow. Wow, this is a messed up world, man. Rahimi should not only lose his Second Amendment liabilities, but he should also lose all of his liberties if the allegations against him are ultimately proven to be true with sufficient due process. Um, I, 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 I look at this whole thing and I keep saying to myself, we, this, this, this one issue just shows you how broken we are as a society. Because this is only one thing. This is the gun lobby and the bullet lobby who couldn't care less about you whether you're alive or dead. They, they You are all targets. I want to make sure we understand this. The NRA, the, all these gun people, they don't look at you as human being. You're targets. You don't have rights. You don't have rights to be alive. The life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, those don't matter. The only thing that matters is their bottom line profit. And trust me when I say the gun industry makes a freaking mint. They basically have bought off the majority of the House and the Senate to make sure that they can make arguments like, yeah, serial criminals with a domestic abuse background who also have fentanyl as long as they haven't been convicted of the crime, even if they're waiting trial, you can't take their guns away from them. And every single one of these Republicans will sit there and say, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but, you know, the Second, the second Amendment is the Second Amendment. The Founding Fathers, as imperfect as they were, would be horrified at what our society has turned into. And here is, I mean, as much as Republicans like to get Matt and Matt, you're, you're being hyperbolic. You're being exaggeration to the nth degree. No, this is the NRA themselves saying, a guy, let me, let me, let me, let me go back to this. He, um, he he's repeatedly, in addition to the alleged domestic violence against a former partner whom he has a young child, Rahimi faces felony prosecution for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon against three people. So there's four people he's, he's threatened, and three of them with a deadly weapon, recklessly discharged a firearm in possession of fentanyl. He public, public, uh, publicly disarmed his firearm 
at least six times, included repeatedly shooting at a separate young woman he lured into a parking lot. Their argument is going to be, if you make this world insane, then the sane people have no other option but to go down the path of insanity to basically keep themselves safe. And that is that the fact that we can't even say that people who are chronic criminals who have been proven that they can't be trusted to have a gun, we can't take their guns away from them. And I understand this is the Supreme Court has still yet to make this decision. And maybe just maybe Kavanaugh and 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 Roberts and and maybe uh, Barrett, maybe they come, they they wake up and they realize, holy God, if we rule against this, then the, we're never going to get another White House trip again. So it's going to basically be, you know, you know, centuries before we basically get another chance to have this, and eventually all of us are going to get replaced by liberals, and they'll overturn all of this, and we'll be the psychopathic crazy court that basically say criminals can shoot as many people as possible as long as they haven't been convicted. Maybe, just maybe, there'll be enough common sense with those three to get over. But I have zero faith that Gorsuch, Alito, or Thomas, especially Alito and Thomas, who basically are so compromised that all the if the all the NRA has to do is take them on a luxury cruise or fly them to Rio or take them to Mazatlan or fly them to Paris and they'll basically rule exactly how the NRA and the bullet manufacturers want them to rule because Alito and Thomas are absolute scum of the earth. Oy. Think about that. I want you to think about it. Think about that we all know one or two guys like that who are just Constantly in trouble, violent people, and say to yourself, now they're basically going to be – there's a decent chance the Supreme Court is going to say, yep, you can basically go on out there and give the you, – you can't take those guns away from those people even when they're threatening to murder other people. You just have to say, no, you pinky swear you're not going to murder them? You pinky swear? Okay, fine. He murdered them! Oh, my gosh. Now I'm really angry. But while you're waiting to go to trial, here's another gun. Unbelievable. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, just uh, one FYI note, you and I talked about this off the air. I went and mentioned on the air. Byron Buxton is now part of the Minnesota Twins lineup. He, uh, Kirillov uh, got injured, and so he's gone, and they brought Buxton back. He is not in the lineup as of right now, tonight. I cannot imagine they'd play him in the field. So he would be a, a solely a really only a pinch hit. I don't think they would let even even him run the bases. Correct? Would you be surprised? I would think. Yeah, he would just be up there to pinch hit. Hopefully, if, he gets yeah. a home run. More likely, going to strike yeah, out like everyone else. Basically, he's going to you know swing at flies. That's what's going to happen. But you know, someone new swinging at flies. How nice is that? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, there you go. It's a, it's a different option. So just FYI, Buxton was, is in the dugout in dress. Uh, he could be in the game. Um, I, I'm I'm I've I've. You know, it's baseball is an interesting sport. Games like this, you'd say to yourself, well, Houston has the advantage. The reality is, watch Joe Ryan. Watch our starting pitcher. You know, their pitcher yesterday came into that game. He was a, near a 5 ERA. He looked like the second coming of Cy Young. 
You know, that, a lot of that was the Twins pitchers. But hopefully, 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 this goes back to Houston. And I'll tell you what, I'll take Lopez in that game, if that's the case. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Hey, we talked about the movie uh, Sound of Freedom. Remember that? Oh, that movie, yeah. You remember, yeah. remember when the, the director and the, the funders and the star all said that they had witnessed a video of a child being tortured to death and their endochrome taken from their body and, I guess, injected into a Hollywood celebrity who now can live forever with – wait a second. What was that last part again? Because I don't remember – do you know anyone who's lived forever? I don't know of anyone that's lived forever. I can't say I do either. Uh, I We brought up this point when they said this. You called the police, didn't you? Uh, because that would be a murder. And you guys say these things like, I saw a video where this child was tortured to death so they could take the endochrome out and inject it into the celebrity. And the reality is, is you're saying this so you can basically create a fake villain that's there. But I'm going to go back to the Wait a second. You watched a video of a murder and you did not call the police. I don't care if it wasn't in this country. I don't care if you knew where it was. You say you saw a video of a murder. How is it your next call isn't, oh, my God, that's a child getting murdered, 911. I got a video here. I don't know where it came from, but this is a murdered child. No, you never once did that, did you? Ha! <laughs> I didn't. But you can tell me about how George Clooney now lives forever. They may have known a guy who known a guy. It, it was, was a guy. It was that guy. You know that guy. That guy over there who knew that guy, he once worked over at that one place over uh, in that one town. You know, he was that's the guy who found it online somewhere online. I don't know the whole detail. You saw a video of a murder allegedly happening. You should have immediately called the police. And when you sit to me and say, well, that wasn't the point. What are you talking about? That's not the point. The murder is the point, isn't it? Oh, that's right. You've just made up a fake thing just so you can say, oh, they're, they're, it's all the people over there. You see, you guys aren't very smart. You're actually pretty stupid. You know, really stupid. And a lot of people, and that's the thing about The Sound of Freedom. It was, it was, it was an astroturfed film because there were numerous times where the show was showing, and the movie was apparently selling, sold out, sold out. And people went into the theater because they couldn't believe it because no one was talking about seeing this film. And the theater was empty, just empty. Someone had bought every seat to play the, theater, the, the movie to an empty theater. That's what was happening, and it was happening across the country. I don't know how much money they actually made on that film, but they basically, I guarantee you, I mean, and like I said, there is nothing illegal against someone going out there and buying every ticket and no one goes to the theater. That's not illegal. But before you act like it's the biggest movie of the summer. No, it's not. Barbie was, and there was actually people in the theater. Trust me, I was at that movie, Barbie showing. It was, it was packed. Oppenheimer was pretty good, too. So here we have this. And then there came this, this story that sort of popped up on the thing about uh, one of the founders of this thing who's basically against trying to protect children. Uh, he might have... Uh, have some issues himself. And now the rest of the story is coming out. Five women on Monday sued the founder of the anti-child trafficking group that inspired a popular movie this year, alleging he sexually manipulated, abused, and harassed them on overseas trips designated to lure and catch child sex traffickers. 
Oh, you see, you see, but that abuse is okay because Jesus. I okay. Uh, what? And by the way, I'm not joking. We'll get there. Tim Ballard's life story and work with Operation What Was It uh, Underground Railroad inspired Sound of Freedom, a 2023 film popular with conservative moviegoers. They recently resigned from. He recently resigned from that group, though, amid sexual abuse and harassment allegations that he has denied. Ballard's prominence uh, as an opponent of child sex trafficking got him invited to the White House under President Donald Trump. Previously, special advisor to Trump's daughter Ivanka Trump, Ballard was appointed to the White House Anti-Human Trafficking Board in 2019. And there's nothing against being against child human and child human trafficking and child sex trafficking. 100. percent That's that's good things to be against. But it seems like this guy's got some issues. The complaint against Ballard centers on a couple's ruse. That's in quote. Couple's ruse. He allegedly engaged with, with Operation Underground Railroad, women who posed as his wife to fool child sex traffickers into thinking he was a legitimate client, according to the lawsuit filed in Utah State Court. Phone and email messages left with Operation Underground Railroad and Ballard's representatives were not immediately returned on Monday. Gee, I wonder why. The ruse began with Ballard and a woman in the organization taking cross-country trips to practice their sexual chemistry with tantric yoga, couples massage with escorts, and performing lap dances on Ballard, the lawsuit claims. So Christian, that tantric yoga, man. Oh, does that open up some of those some of those tight zones? Let me just let me just oh. Wait, 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 wait. Couples massage with escorts? You mean hookers? I feel like he's doing this all into the guys. It's practice. This is practice. It, well, exactly. Practice right. makes perfect. <laughs> if if we're gonna stop the meth dealers, well, light them up, kids. We gotta we gotta know what we're dealing with here. Wasn't that the mayor of Toronto? <laughs> yeah, I think he used that. Yeah. I was just trying to stop the the crack dealers by smoking as much crack as I could. Mission accomplished. Well. While promotional materials portrayed the group's overseas missions as paramilitary drop-ins to arrest traffickers and rescue children. So you, you get this image of them rappelling down ropes, guns drawn, get the kids on the chopper, get them out of here. That's the, that's the image that they put out there, right? Uh, that's not what actually happened. Uh, apparently, most of these trips overseas involved going to strip clubs and massage parlors across the world after flying first class to get there and staying at five-star hotels, on boats, on verbos across the globe. Sounds nice. Several women, meanwhile, were eventually subjected to coerced sexual contact, including several sexual acts with the exception of actual Penetration in various states of undress, the lawsuit alleges. Hello there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, you could tell this guy's dirty. Even in private, the because I mean, there's there, like I said, the, the, this guy tries to portray himself as I went into the combat operations. I went and took a human, a one person mini sub, and and got into Thailand, and I was running through the jungle, and I got these kids, and we 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 set up one of those balloon things, and the plane came and lifted us, and we were away. 
dude, you're, you're going to strip clubs after flying first class. That's not exactly, you know, repelling on in. Even in private, the lawsuit alleges Ballard would claim that he and his female partner had to maintain the appearance of a romantic relationship at all times in case suspicious traffickers might be surveilling them at any moment. This dude was using this to get dates. Wow. The women who filed the lawsuit under pseudonyms allege Ballard, meanwhile, used his membership in the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. Or was it the Church of Jesus Christ? Sorry. I'm a good Christian boy here, okay? Uh, and his connections to church leaders to persuade them what he was doing was just for the good of the children in need of help. Wow, how David Koresh of you. Yikes. Ballard said as a high-ranking church leader, M. Russell Ballard, no relation. No, It's Utah. It's Utah. Here's another guy named Ballard, no relation, though. He gave him special permission to use the couple's ruse as long as there was no central sexual intercourse or smooching. He said kissing, but I'll just put smooching in there because it's a better word. Smooching. The church, in a September statement, condemned Tim Ballard for unauthorized use of the church leader's name for personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable. Ballard claimed, Tim Ballard, claimed a passage in the Book of Mormon justified performing unconventional tasks, the lawsuit alleges. The Bible made me do it. Ballard would get ketamine treatments and have have his scribe come in with him where he would talk to the dead prophet Nephi. And issue forth prophecies about Ballard's greatness and future as a United States senator, president of the United States, and ultimately the Mormon prophet to usher the second coming of Jesus, the lawsuit says. So you're taking drugs, you say. Uh, Days before the churches condemned Ballard, Mitt Romney announced he would not seek a second term representing Utah to the U.S. Senate. By the way, Romney doesn't have anything to do with this story outside of his resignation. Ballard, who has said he is considering running for Senate, has blamed political opponents for the recent sexual allegations against him. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd go for the five women who filed the charges against you. They seem to be the ones working against you. Well, is it... So let me get this right. You basically, under the argument you were trying to stop child sex trafficking, basically convinced women to pretend to be in a close sexual relationship with you, including actually some contact, you know, very bober at uh, Beetlejuice sort of thing going on there. Hey, no penetration, but you know what? That means a lot. You can get a lot done between act one and two. You know what I mean? That's never going away, by the way. That is never going away. So he says this is this is a way for him to, you know, get grabby with women and fly around the world. Once again, not as a military guy flying in, chopper blazing. No, he flew first class, stayed at top line accommodations, and then just went to a bunch of strip clubs in these countries. With this woman who was supposedly his, you know, you know, wife, who I imagine probably was there's a lot of levels of uncomfortable going on here. After, by the way, they flew across the country 
and pretended this ruse was going on. Because, and here's the linchpin here. He took a bunch of drugs, thought he was talking to an ancient Mormon deity, and basically the deity says, you're awesome! You know, and so, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. And this is the guy behind the sound of freedom. I have zero doubt his apologists are already, but, but, but you don't understand. No. I think we all understand at this point what's going on. And I don't think he was talking to a prophet. How about I say that? I think he might have been someone else. 952-946-6205-952-946. Steve behind the dumpster at the 7-Eleven. That's what I think it is. You know, the guy with no teeth? Yeah, that guy. Hey, what do you want from me again? Tell me my future. All right, you're great. Yes. <laughs> now, pardon me while I go get my fake wife and we head to Toledo for hot, hot clubbing. Yikes. 952-946. When are we having that 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 movie? When's that movie? <laughs> a sequel. A sequel. It's like, let me tell you about the guys that funded the last one. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. The Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Twins at six tonight. Let's hope we get to game five. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. Uh, Mary Lou Retton. Uh, I, as a as a child of the uh, of the eighties, as a Generation Xer, of course, I'll never forget her in nineteen eighty four. Uh, the Olymp- Olympic gymnastics champion, fifty five, is her current age. She's in intensive care currently with pneumonia in a Texas hospital. Her daughter McKenna Kelly said, "Her gold medal winning mother is fighting for her life and currently unable to breathe on her own." Kelly set up a spot fund account to raise money for her mother's medical expenses. Now, that's the first thing that kind of when, – when I, I started hearing about the story, and this is – I'm reading a, a story that I got today, but this is uh, – I think it was off Market Watch. But this is the first time I heard this. I said, wait a second here. Mary Lou Retton, you're – you need to do a spot, you know, kind of one of these GoFundMe things? That's what you need to do? You're, you're Mary Lou Retton. And I, I, I was wondering if I'd, I'd missed something in regards to does she have some financial problems or something like that? Uh, basically, so she started a spot fund account to raise money for her mother's medical expenses. Apparently, she wrote that Retton does not have medical insurance. What? Spot fund is a crowdsourcing platform similar to GoFundMe. Retton is a usually is unusual in that respect. Just seven percent of Americans of all ages are of twenty five point three million people are uninsured in the first three months of twenty twenty three, according to the latest figures. Thank you, Obamacare. But what's not unusual is her family turning to sites like SpotFund or GoFundMe to help pay for health costs. In fact, one-third of GoFundMe campaigns raise money for medical bills. One-third of them. I know quite a few of them, according to a study published by the American Journal of Public Health last year. Most people who turn to crowdsourcing to meet health care costs don't have an Olympic gymnast level of name recognition. Only 12% of campaigns meet their goals. 16% receive no donations at all. 
the study showed. Returns were highly unequal and success was low, concluded the research was analyzed 437,000 plus medical GoFundMe campaigns in the U.S. between 2016 and 2020. Despite its popularity and portrayal, now, once again, Retin, who of course has a name, their campaign was initially looking for 50,000. It's raised 184,000. Now, I want to take a quick moment, if I can, just talk about my personal experience because I saw all the bills that came down when I got hit by a drunk driver. Uh, I had to have surgery. I don't think she's had to have surgery, but I wasn't in the ICU. I was just in a regular hospital bed. She's been in the ICU for many days, specialized equipment. I think we put, went through $100,000 worth of medical bills, that most of which were covered by insurance, thankfully, in three days. That was CAT scans, MRIs, surgery, put rods and, and, and screws in my back, the ambulance ride, which are god-awful expensive, the emergency room physicians, which are very expensive. I got to tell you right now, she's been in the ICU for a long time, 184000 is not going to cut it. She's that's 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 a drop in the freaking bucket. So, but it does surprise me. How does she, she has a mansion in Texas? She has a mansion, but she doesn't have health insurance. Now there are some rumors floating around, and I want to be very clear. These are rumors. I tried to find anything that really backed this up. I couldn't find anything. But there's a lot of people that are saying mm, these things, kind of as factual, and. One of them is she's an anti-vaxxer and that she doesn't believe in – and she she's railed against – she's an evangelical who's railed against Obamacare, um, which that's kind of stupid considering your situation you're in right now. The anti-vaxxer is bringing a lot of people out there because there's a lot of doctors who have said, well, this level of pneumonia – is not common unless COVID's involved. And that they generally didn't have many cases like this until COVID came along. And then you had a lot of people who had serious cases, which, you know, were complicated by COVID. And so the question here is, and they're, they're basically being a little elusive about this. Does Mary Lou Retton have COVID? I hope not, and all my best to the family, but I still think what's 184000 ain't going to cover those bills. Native Roots Radio, that's up next. Have a good one. We're back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.